Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Seven forty-five. You know, um, I think it was Jody McDonald. It may have been Beningo, but I think it was Jody McDonald. Bob Gelb. You know Bob Gelb, Lou. Gelby started as a producer for Mike and the Mad Dog on WFAN. Ended up selling for Imus here at WABC. And Gelby is back at the fan now. Good guy, Bob Gelb. But um, his son, Zach, had to be seven or eight years old. Very young. Very, very young. And he arrived one day at the FAN studios wearing a Tom Brady Patriots jersey. Chernoff had a very, very strict rule back then. It changed because Carton's kids go on and Russo's kids go on and so mine. But back then, they didn't want little kids going on the air. You remember that? No, it's got to stop a little. It's not (laughs) sounding good. But I said, no, I'm doing it. And uh, I invited little Zach Gelb, maybe seven or eight, into the studios. I think it was me and Jody. And I interviewed him about football, and the kid was great. And I said, one day, your father produces for Mike and the Dog. Bob fancies himself a radio star, which he's never become, but you're going to be a radio star. You're going to be a star one day. Well, from 10 to 2 today, Zach will host his first ever primetime day part on the fan. So about, uh, I don't know how old he is now, maybe 22, 23, he went to Temple. Not to school, I mean the college. It uh, It's come to fruition. So congratulations to Bob and Zach Gelb, my protege, Zach Gelb. And Bob was a good producer. He was a great producer. He worked. He's had to start with the lunatics. I had a great sales guy, too. Pete Franklin. Oh, he had first, Pete Franklin? He was the guy who yeah. tossed Pete Franklin. And wow. Pete Franklin didn't start at FAN, and he had a heart issue. So wow. I think Lampley filled in for Oh, a while Jim Lampley did fill in Frank, right. until Franklin was ready. And then Bob Gelb had to learn him wow. right away. I think and Greg Gumbel also filled in. Yeah, Greg Gumbel, but he got yeah. mornings. Basically. Oh, he got mornings. Because okay. That was before I was. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> then Mike Oof. and Chris with uh, Gelb. Not easy. But you watch, if you watched Bob, he would come in right away, like right before 3 o'clock, get the phones going, move things oh, around. Oh, he was great. Yeah, he was. He was a real producer. Yes, yeah, he, he was. was. And a great sales guy, and too. very good sales he guy. He made yes. multi-million dollar deals for Imus. Imus still threatened to shoot him every day. <laughs> he well, get that girl out of my studio, that fat bastard. And yeah. Bob Got him out of here. Bob would show up down <laughs> in the office with his shirt like undone. Oh, a like, mess. In the back, I mean, he's like, out the back I just got this bastard a million dollars. Can it be nice to me? No. No. <laughs> Get out. Of, he was kind of running around like Willie Loman. <laughs> sometimes. Really yeah. hard work. Around. That's a good description. Oh, like yeah. his tie was coming off if he had one on. It was a mess. <laughs> so An hour funny. in, it was a complete mess. Uh, <laughs> Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock right here on WABC, Andrew Giuliani does a great show. 
And uh, he's still very, very, very close with President Trump. They golf together all the time after working for Trump for four years. And uh, he comes on this show this time every Friday morning. Here's my friend Andrew Giuliani. Andrew, good morning, buddy. How are you? Sid, good morning. I got to tell you, I'm riding high. Before we get into this Trump sandwich, where I guess the Giuliani's are the bread today, it sounds like. That's yes. If Dad does call in. You know, with me, he's hit or miss. We proved this a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm riding high because last night my mother was in a Tennessee Williams play called The Night of the Iguana. She played the main character, and she absolutely knocked it out of the park. It was fantastic. Wow. Wow. It wasn't actually on Broadway. It was on the Upper West Side. Actually, I guess it was on Broadway. It was like 82nd in Broadway, so technically that's on Broadway. But she was absolutely fantastic. And, uh, you know, for a son, I always say, Sid, and you and I have talked about this time and time again, in life we're always trying to make our parents or our children proud. Well, she made a son very proud. Aw. She's an awesome lady, Donna Hanover, your mother. Uh, you clearly like her more than your father. There's no question about that. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that part in a little bit. But, uh, you know, look, I, no, she's a very, but she's a very talented lady. She she was on radio for many years, TV for many years. Your mother's a very talented lady. She really is. And, you know, I think uh, a lot of the things that I've learned, uh, you know, even from a public speaking perspective, right, I, I think you, if people will look kind of, they see stuff in my father, but they also see a lot of, a lot of the stuff that I've learned from my mother, and she's just, uh, you know, she's she's had to persevere through a lot in life, and she's uh, she's an amazing example, I think, to me, to my sister, and, and certainly to uh, oh. to Grace. Her her and Grace get to spend a lot of time together, so that's always wonderful to see. That's sweet. Grace, of course, is uh, Andrew and Z's child, her granddaughter. Well, that's a beautiful way to start this conversation. From your mom, still doing great things, uh, to your old friend, the president, you're with him last week playing golf. I believe it was a day before he was actually indicted or arrested or arraigned, I don't know, in Georgia. Uh, yesterday, of course, uh, not guilty. He threw that in there on the Zoom. But um, he coming on in about uh, 50 minutes under quite a bit of siege. But you wouldn't know it because he cut all these Instagram videos, Andrew, last night, and he was talking about this country, all the things we're not doing well these days, all the things he did do well so despite, despite this barrage, this unprovoked attack day in and day out, Donald Trump last night, Andrew Giuliani, clearly on message. Yes, and I can't wait to listen to the Sid and Trump interview here in 50 short minutes. I'll be tuning in. Great will you. be tuning in. Z will Thanks. be tuning in. Thanks. But I have to tell you, it's absolutely right. And he is highlighting, I think, the difference that the country will look like in 2025 or now. I just heard... The news cracked Noam Layden talk about how gas prices are at a record high on Labor Day. I mean, this is inflation that people are feeling all across the country. Now we're seeing that Biden is looking for more federal money for COVID on top of everything else, right? The climate stuff, this or that, looking for more federal money from a COVID perspective. And he is talking, and I highlight this this week on the show, he is talking just like he was before the 2020 election in terms of COVID, saying it's not going to be mandated, we're not going to have to worry about it. And as you and Curtis highlighted just a few short minutes ago, there are a whole lot of people out in the Rockaways that were told that lie and now do not have their job because those COVID mandates came into place. It seems like the exact same playbook is something that I think is very scary, and I think every single American should look. And just go back and look at his comments. Look at the comments that he made in 2020. It will not be mandated. It will be your choice. Well, by 2021, certainly that was a whole lot different. And you know better than anybody because I distinctly remember just a year ago, 
That was the big summer. You're running for governor. You're up against Lee Zeldin and Harry Wilson and Rob Astorino. And uh, you did a tremendous job. That's you and I became friendly. And I didn't know much about you, but you blew me away. You were that good. And, of course, Zeldin won, but not because you didn't put up a valiant effort. And, of course, you had these debates, and and, uh, you weren't even allowed to show up at some of these debates because you weren't vaccinated. So you take this very personally because you're one of the guys who said, "Uh uh-uh, not me. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think more than anything, right, obviously, look, it was frustrating to not be able to be in the room with your competitors, especially, you know, at the point, hey, look, this is a close race, right? You need to make sure you get in there and you can get in the mix on all this stuff. But also the relationships that I made with so many police officers, firefighters, nurses, sanitation workers throughout the course of that experience, throughout that gubernatorial campaign, well, we basically had both made these choices kind of together. We had all made these choices together. And to understand that these were the Americans, and you were one of them, Sid, but there were a lot of Americans that in March, April, May of 2020, they were in their underwear on Zoom calls. These people went in. These nurses, they went. They went in. They were on the front lines. These police officers, they've gone in. And by the way, they've gotten absolute hell from their city, from their state, from their country over the last bunch of years. Uh, I think for doing nothing but an amazing job, especially when you look at New York yep, City. Agreed. So when when you feel that frustration from these New Yorkers, um, you know, it, it really is something that, you know, even though the campaign has been over for over a year, you know, I still, whenever I think about it, it gives me heartache. And I, and I think about it almost every single day. And then, you know, I look at my daughter and I wonder, is she going to grow up in a country where you're going to be mandated to ultimately take something that seems to be experimental at this point? I don't know. So I'm very glad that Trump ended up highlighting it. I think it's an important difference that Trump really needs to end up laying in. I think some in the Republican Party are going to say, well, wait a second, you you know, the, the vaccine was developed under you. Well, I think the very clear difference was Trump created a vaccine so that way Americans would have a choice. That way they could look and say, you know what? This is right for me. This is right for my age. This is right for my pre-existing conditions. I will take it in consultation with my doctor versus actually being mandated by the government for some political purpose. And I think that's a very clear distinction that needs to be made by President Trump. And I think he's starting to do that. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Andrew Giuliani, 2 p.m. every Sunday. Willie does a great show. You could hear. He's a great kid. Uh, Andrew, I want to ask you about your father, but before I do that, I want to get to the migrant, illegal, asylum seeker, whatever you want to call him, that crisis. Uh, again, a year ago, I go back to you campaigning. I distinctly remember meeting you on my anniversary. It was the day of my 30-year anniversary. I met you outside of Cali's on 129th Street. And- I, I, hope it, I, hope, I hope it wasn't the best part of your anniversary. That's all I have to say. I just well, hope it wasn't the well, best. I enjoyed it. It was a good moment <laughs> in my life. I just hope it wasn't the best part of your anniversary. No, it wasn't. We ended up having a beautiful dinner at the River <laughs> Cafe. You know Danielle, so clearly... As much as I like you, it was not the best part of my anniversary. But, <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> <laughs> but on a serious note, uh, 
you know, I go out there twice last week, not once but twice, and do something I had never done before and may never do again, and that is protest because I've been inspired by Curtis Sliwa and my neighbors and other New Yorkers, Staten Island, Queens, all these neighborhoods where people have had enough. Now, some of them direct their anger to the wrong people. I've said that many, many times the last couple of weeks, but we're all in unity when we go after Biden and Harris and Mayorkas and Hochul and Adams in this state, you've been somewhat critical of Mayor Eric Adams on this station. Where are you right now with Adams and how he's handled this crisis? He's invited the crisis, right? I mean, he was the one who last year, in my opinion, was campaigning to be president because that's what he was doing when he called Greg Abbott racist. That's what he was doing when he went down to the Port Authority. And then we can just look at uh, almost a neighboring state, a state a couple just to the north of us, Massachusetts. They just declared a federal emergency from all the migrants that are coming in to Massachusetts right now. So this is not just a problem that New York is having. This is a problem that those who basically sought to play politics with this issue and then say shame on Texas because Texas basically had said, look, we've taken in at the time three and a half, four million, now close to six million migrants. We can't handle this. New York at 100,000, less than 2% of what Texas has taken in is completely collapsing. Same thing in a state like Massachusetts that has taken a fraction in of what Texas has. So this was never about public policy for Mayor Adams. This was all about politics. This was all about making sure that he could campaign for president. This is all about making sure that whenever he was going to run for the Democratic nomination, whether it was 2024 because Biden was incapable, which who knows, maybe he still might be looking at these comments in Maui, or 2028, he was going to be accepted enough to be able to make some hay in a Democratic primary. Well, sadly, Mayor Adams has botched this as he seems to be botching so many other things in his mayoralty. Next Thursday, we're going to celebrate 102 years, WABC, our mutual friend, the great John Katsimatidis, and the legend, and I do mean legend, cousin Bruce Morrow at Cipriani. is going to be a huge night. Looking forward to it already. September 7th, same night as the Chiefs and the Lions, but also the same night as a fundraiser for your dad, in Bedminster that Donald Trump is putting on, and there's all kinds of GoFundMe pages now. John actually put something on Facebook at about 3 o'clock this morning. I'm going to talk to your father about this, too, coming up right after Donald Trump at 9.10. But when you see the outpouring of love from all these people that are really concerned, really concerned legitimately about your father's financial uh, crisis, does that make you feel good? It does. You know, it's it's a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, it's a wonderful life moment where you see this and you see the, the difference that he's made in so many New Yorkers lives. And to see them step up for him now when he needs it really is wonderful. And Sid, I have to tell you, uh, you know, I'm very excited about this next Thursday. I'm very disappointed that it's going to be on the WABC Gala Day. I'm going to miss, obviously, Cousin Brucey up there and, and what was fantastic last time, your speech being the highlight of it for, uh, for uh, you know, for Bernie really was wonderful. Thank but you. I have to say I'm very, very proud to announce right now that because of President Trump's involvement in this dinner next Thursday night, just for the dinner alone, we've raised over a million dollars. Wow. So it has been a really, really big event. Uh, we're trying to make sure that we push the last six days to try to see if we can get that number even further up. But certainly when we were originally discussing, discussing this about a month ago, 
uh, we were hoping to get in the range of a half million to three quarters of a million to see this at a million dollars. Um, it's a big chunk. It's not everything that we need, but let's say we've we've hit a couple home runs and we've we've cut the deficit in terms of uh, in terms of what Dad needs to be able to make sure that he can defend himself uh, with uh, without having to uh, hopefully sell all of his homes. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so- <laughs> it's not funny. You know, but we, 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 we love him, but we right. don't really want to turn Grace's uh, you know, playroom into a room for right. Dad. We want Grace to be able to keep her playroom. We're going to have to put him on Rikers <laughs> Island next to the illegals at some point. He needs a place to stay. Uh, on a serious uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. in the last 60 seconds, uh, clearly you're great at this. I told you that. I told you that many, many months ago. But you're going to run again for something. You were too good running for governor. You're too smart. You need to do something in the political world. So we know that's coming down the pike somewhere. But, 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 well, if Donald Trump. An announcement. You do? I have, I have an announcement. For my next run, Yeah. I am running on September 24th for the Tunnel of Towers 5K. <laughs> and I'm training right now. I'm working every single day. I've got the Rocky music out there. So that's my announcement. That's the next run. And I got to tell you, I-, I was in better shape for a political run than I am for a physical That's funny. Run. But I'm getting there. I'm in two and a half k shape right now, Sid. So I'm ready You're close. to go. I You're a half run. a k away. You're a half a k away. That's a good one. But 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 if in fact Donald, funny, great job. If Donald Trump wins again, and he called you, said Andrew, I need you back at the White House. You go back. I would always serve my country, and certainly somebody like President Trump, who I think did a fantastic job as president. Look, whatever some people may think of. Some of the excessive tweeting and this and that. I think when you look at what he did, the changes that he made for the country and the changes he made for America. And I think it's one of the reasons why there were so many in the institutions of Washington, D.C., so much of the media that was so upset that tried to really paint this thing like Trump was some kind of a monster or menace because in many ways he was tipping over their gravy train. Um, it, it was so important the four years that he had in Washington, D.C. We need to make sure that we have Another guy like Trump. Hopefully it is President Trump, and hopefully there's somebody who's ready to follow him up that's ready to look at the problems in this country with solutions. And that's what Trump did. He would be on Trump time, and the rest of the staff better darn be on Trump time. Otherwise, they better get a different job. So if President Trump called, I would always take his call, and I would strongly consider it. I will tell you, Sid, in complete honesty, you you have to look at a lot of the personal blowback that so many people have gotten, my father included, and you think about your family in terms of doing that. So that's that's a discussion you have to have with your wife, you have to have with your family, and really think about it. But if President Trump ended up calling, he's very convincing. I'm sure he could convince me to come back in and to go to be by his side to make sure we uh, make America great again. Again, again, maybe a third again. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. third, a very good, honest answer there. You brought up your family in a discussion you would have to have. That's very, very, very good. Uh, excellent job, really. I mean, always. You're great every Friday with me, great every Sunday. Thank you for calling in. And the one-two punch of Trump and your dad coming up next hour will continue what you've done here this morning. Thank you so much, Andrew Giuliani. We'll do it again soon. Thank you, Sid. Can't wait to listen to that Trump-Sid interview. It's going to be fantastic. Thank you. There he is, Andrew Giuliani, folks. Two o'clock every Sunday does a terrific job. He really does.